You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Bill Coletti, and he is a reputation management and crisis communications and development expert. Okay, that's a lot, right? That's a lot to get out. He also is a best-selling author of Critical Moments, The New Mindset of Reputation Management. He has more than 25 years of global experience in managing high-stake crises, issue management, and media relations challenges for both Fortune 500 companies and winning global political campaigns. And I'm, there's no lack of that type of stuff going on in the media at any given point. So I have a feeling that Bill is pretty busy. So welcome to the show, Bill. Dennis, thank you very much. It's my honor to be here. Yeah, thank you. I, I think this is going to make for a really interesting conversation. And what we're going to, just to give the audience a little bit of a preview here, is we're going to talk today about a scenario for you and your business, right? So think about it. You listening to this podcast right now, whether you're a small business, a medium business, or enterprise, what would happen if your customer data was stolen? Their personal data, their credit card data, all of the customer data was stolen, their sensitive data. What would happen to your business? How would you react? How would you feel? And what position are you in to handle that today? So we're going to talk about that. And Bill's going to contribute some, obviously, some depth of experience that he has in and around that. Obviously, he has this book. We're going to talk a little bit about how that applies, but uh, I'm excited to dive in. But before we do that, give us a quick backstory. Tell us a little bit about kind of how you got here. Give us a couple minutes and then let's dig in. Awesome. Thanks so much. So I grew up running political campaigns and most political campaigns are really sort of careening from crisis to crisis is that you're trying to create one more crisis than the, you're trying to create one more crisis for the other guy than you have. And hopefully you'll wind up with 50% plus one on election day. And so we were in the business of creating crisis, but we were also in the business of defending crisis back in the day. And so did that for the first half of my career and then pivoted to taking a lot of those same skill sets and applying it in a corporate context and doing it for corporate clients that find themselves kind of at the intersection of public expectation and their vision vision for their organization. So folks that find themselves misaligned. And, and as you mentioned, that's typically data breach. Uh, it could be a lot of issues related to government regulation, things like that. So it's so organizations that find themselves misaligned. Started that in Florida, then moved to Austin, Texas, where I am now. And then about five years ago, we founded Kith. And Kith, as you mentioned, is a crisis communications and reputation management firm. And we're really focused on sort of transforming the way corporate reputation disruption impacts organizations. We want to change the way and help people better prepare if and when those disruptions come along, come their way. So what are some, I mean, you hear a lot about data these days, and we're going to dive into that data breaches, right? Equifax had a huge data breach. And, you know, it seems like every big retailer has had some sort of data breach. 
Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But what other interesting, you know, newsworthy type topics? I mean, there's always something going on, maybe outside of the political realm, because that's maybe in your rearview mirror, hopefully. But um, tell us about some some other things. You don't need to have to mention clients if that's not. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's usually t- we typically don't. You know, j- just a higher ed institution. You know, so you you look at anything in higher ed, whether it be two year or four year. It's sort of faculty, football, and facilities. Those are sort of the three big things that college presidents have to deal with is, is faculty members saying things that are kind of outlandish and causing problems. The football team, you fill in the blank on the challenges created by football. <laughs> and then facilities is just literally stuff falling down and hurting people. And so, you know, faculty, football, and facilities at higher ed is a perfect example of that. Healthcare, there's a lot of sort of doctors that do things they shouldn't be doing. And that, that comes across in a litigation context where, where hospital systems, providers kind of get, get sued. Then there we've got clients that have been involved in some semblance of a cheating scandal. There are academic institutions or, or givers of tests or some sort of credential, and there's been cheating in that. And all of these come back to is that the company has a strategy, the company has a plan or the higher ed they, institution. They've got a plan and something happens to them. Either they meant to do it, they accidentally did it, or it happened to them from the outside, and they need to react because people are now asking questions and they need to answer those questions quickly because the goal is to get back to strategy, get back to what they were doing as fast as they can. Yeah, the one that that always pops into my mind here, particularly when you're talking about, because I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, right, is kind of that whole sexual harassment and Me Too movement, right? I mean, that's been something that's been, you know, obviously very eye-opening to the public in general, because I don't think that, I think while they thought maybe some of that was going on, I don't think they realized how widespread it was or is still today. Absolutely. So it's interesting because I think you know, you're, you're in a really interesting space. It's a, probably a very difficult space because while you're doing some preparation and training and development and, and trying to prepare people for these things, you know, the people that are probably knocking on your door the loudest are the ones that are in the middle of a firefight, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Firefighting, you know, that, from a revenue standpoint, I mean, that's almost 70% of our revenue is, is that firefighting crisis response. So if I meet a stranger or someone calls based on a referral about, hey, XYZ has happened, happening, or will happen. And we need to get ready for it. And that's the biggest part. And so we really try to transition folks into thinking about it proactively. That's there. How do, you, how, do you, how do you get ready for crisis so that it is not disruptive? And that's a challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs don't take the time to think about the what ifs because they're thinking about the what's next. And then thinking about what ifs are really, it's kind of important as people do the business. And I'm curious if you see that, that it's always kind of go, go, go for entrepreneurs, but sometimes we should sit and reflect every now and then on what could blow up or impact our business. 100%. Here's a perfect example. I'll keep it brief and then we'll dive in. When I was running my logistics company, we were growing really fast. A million, three million, six million, 12 million, 20 million, 30 million, 40 million. We were growing really fast. And I had looked at a risk that we had looked at was our receivables, right? Risk management from a receivable standpoint. And I had passed on receivables insurance three times. Mm. I passed on it three times. And this was sitting down with my CFO. We passed on it. It wasn't just me. It was as a team, we passed on it. And then it happened, right? Mm. I got hit with a quarter million dollar receivables loss. Now, it's a little bit different risk management, but goes to your point of fast, 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 grow, 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 risk that you're not evaluating or prepared for. And Mm -hmm. we thought we were prepared for it, but we weren't. And I think that I think you'll you see that in your business a lot, not in the not from a receivable standpoint, but from a 
from a preparation and from a, you know, what would I do standpoint. So that resonates with me very clearly because a quarter million dollars went down the tubes and it could have been easily prevented. So, so um, yeah, I wish, I wish I'd known you back then. <laughs> yeah, people need to think of it and they just need to think about risk. I mean, risk, the, the, the vocabulary of risk is that if you have any sort of semblance of business education, you learn about risk and it's in the context of mitigating risk via insurance. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. I mean, that's what risk management fundamentally is all about. But if you look at the significant impact on enterprises, large or small, it is much more often enterprise reputational risk that has impacted them, not financial risk that you just described. You guys right. recover. You, right. you might have to shift from fifth to fourth a little bit to catch right. Maybe you had to slow down, tap the brakes, whatever. But if there are these sort of existential reputational events, you know, why, you know the, if the logistic company, if you had hurt somebody or your, the, the products that you were moving, you know, you somehow came back to you as being sort of malfeasant, that risk is a lot more impact than bumping up on not collecting some bad debt. Yeah. The Weinstein company, perfect example. Absolutely. Right? The Weinstein a very company. thriving business that was doing extremely well. And now I think they were acquired in a fire sale, were they not? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, they were. And that, that is the personal reputation of an individual that directly relates to the enterprise value of a corporation. And then you look at big companies versus small, you look at United Airlines. I mean, if I were to ask you, let me know about United Airlines that's been in the news recently. What do you know about United Airlines? Is there anything that comes to mind uh, from United Airlines? I don't really watch the news much, but okay. I'm not. I'm not a, top no, of that's okay. So there's a gentleman, uh, 2016, there was a, an Asian doctor on the plane. Uh, he got drug off the plane by United Airlines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Heard about yeah. that. Yeah. So they... They followed the rules. The, the gate agent, the friend, I'm sure you fly a lot, and so you know this experience. It's not fun for any of us, but they drugged that gentleman off the plane. And because they had evaluated risk and they knew that this could happen, and the rules that they had in place said if escalation one, escalation two, escalation three, and then we drag, you know, then you call the cops and the cops are going to drag them off the plane. And everybody looks back on that as like, how on earth could anybody think that's a good idea? That's what, those are the things we need to think about. Those are the things corporations and enterprises need to think about, big and small, because right. we are all managing our reputation on social. We're all managing our reputation and our perceptions of other people. And the way, we, the way people think about us is really critically important. Yep, absolutely. All right, so let's take a little bit more of a micro look. Let's talk about this data breach, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, you know, some things that business owners and entrepreneurs and operators of businesses should be thinking about particularly as it relates to the risk associated with a data breach. And then let's talk about maybe a few things they could do to, to be better prepared for mm -hmm. if or when this might happen for them. If, I can, if you can unpack that for us, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. So we believe that success in these situations, whether it's a data breach or anything, but success in a, specifically in a data breach, it's the, those that get it that are different between good and great are those that, that understand speed and that they get to market quickly with some sort of response. They, they tell their customers, their key stakeholders, what's going on as fast as possible. The way you are fast is by understanding your mission and values and then understanding your chain of command. And if you're a small enterprise, that's easy. Because Dennis, your chain of command is you, yeah. okay, top to bottom. But if you're a, you know got business partners, that chain of command is a little bit confusing. Or if you have an attorney, or you actually need to go look in a data breach context, if you need to sort of find out your IT guy, what do they think? So that messes up chain of command. So first and foremost is what really matters to us from mission and values. That's what organizations need to think about. And that fundamentally comes down to an apology. Do we apologize? 
Okay. And we struggle with apology. I don't know why. I don't mm-hmm. personally. I tried, you know, I, 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 when I apologize when I have to and I explain when I must. And so, but thinking about that as an entrepreneur, the question you asked to your audience, if we were to lose data, because we've got customer credit cards and what have you, if we were to lose it, I did nothing wrong, but would I apologize? Just ask yourself that simple question. You know, would we apologize and think through this hypothetical? That's mission and values. Then you think about chain of command and that makes you fast. So that's kind of the, the first and foremost is, am I an, a leader that is willing to apologize if I have to? Dude, let me ask you this, because I've always been curious about this from a, from a liability standpoint, because obviously there's, some, there's maybe some liability there on the back end. What do the lawyers typically say? I mean, for, you know, and this is one of those things where if you say you're sorry, are you kind of admitting guilt? And awesome. is that going to have a, is that going to have a ripple effect and an impact on you? Can you impact that a little bit? Perfect. It's the perfect question because that is now the next act of the play is that, you know, so yes, I as an entrepreneur have decided I want to apologize because, you know, I was misaligned with my public. So I'm going to apologize. There was the older thinking that no, 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 you can't do that because the litigators or the, the attorneys will come in and say, no, no, you can't do that for exactly the reason you just mentioned. We can't apologize because people are going to accept that. I come from the camp that if this hypothetical that we're playing out, we've had a data breach, we've lost credit card data, we are going to get sued. It's just inevitability. There are law firms that, that actually just monetize this stuff when there are sure. data breaches and they notice it. And so it's coming. All right. And so would you rather stand in front of the jury if it comes to that? Or would you just rather be in front of the deposition, which is more likely? Would you rather be in the deposition saying, well, we didn't apologize because we didn't do anything wrong? Or would you rather be, yes, we apologized as soon as we learned about it and we tried to fix it as fast as we could? It happened. You can't deny the fact that the data breach happened. The litigators that I talk to and litigators that I understand that I've worked with, they are absolutely okay with an apology. Now, you don't need to mea culpa and, you know, fall all over your sword in order to do that, but you need to be sincere about the mistakes that you made. And so great question. It is the question and too many leaders use it as an excuse. I put yourself in in having sat through depositions and sat sat through jury trials with our clients is that I would much rather be asked the question, well, when you apologized, what was on your mind, as opposed to why didn't you apologize? Right. Exactly. Great question. Yeah, for sure. Especially on a ju- in front of a jury, right? I mean, there's no question. I mean, it's a jury of your peers. Your peers are going to be looking for some sort of accountability for sure. Absolutely. So yes, you're going to get, you got to go from the premise that you're going to get sued. Yeah. Yeah. That's a foregone conclusion. Okay, great. All right. So I think teeing it up that way for people to kind of understand that's important. So what are some things in your eyes that you can do as a, that they, small business owners or just even enterprises can do as a business maybe as an audit, maybe as almost like an internal audit to say, how prepared are we? I mean, that might be a good way for people to think about this. You know, let's self audit, you know, whether you're a small business or you're a large business, let's kind of do a quick assessment here as to whether we're in the right position or what minor adjustments or major adjustments we need. Could you help us with that? Absolutely. So the model that we use is that it talks about risk in three contexts. If you just have a blank sheet of paper and you sit there and think, what are all the things I'm afraid of? That's a pretty exhaustive list. Or if, you, or if you're at your logistics company, if you as the executives went to your operations team and said, you know, what could go wrong? That's kind of a foolish conversation. So if you yeah. go with a blank sheet of paper and everybody fills it in, it doesn't really work that way. So we use this framework around three types of risks. You've got strategic risks, preventable risks, and external risks. 
strategic are things you meant to do. All right, you intentionally meant to do that. And so in your logistics company, there were strategies and decisions that you made that impacted customers. And when you did that, you tried to explain it and, and told people why you were going to do that. So that is a strategic risk because people are going to have a reaction to that. The second is preventable risks, things that you simply should have zero tolerance for. Embezzlement, sexual harassment, you know, not meeting your contractual obligations as a logistic company, for example. You know, those are preventable and you should have zero tolerance for those. And you probably did have zero tolerance for those types of things. Yeah. Understanding those preventable risks. And then there's external. External is, you know, if, if you're at a facility and you have an active shooter where you've got a disgruntled employee that comes with a gun or comes to the office or, or and does any number of things or weather events, if there was a hurricane or some sort of adverse event, the reality of those I'll start with external. The reality of those is that, A, if it's a weather event, you're not alone. Everybody else in the community got impacted. If it's this active shooter situation, tragically, it has happened too much in the United States. And so you're, again, not alone in that. And then lastly, law enforcement and, you, and, and governmental authorities are the primary burden. They share with the primary burden on external events. So so your question about an entrepreneur is to think about the things that can go wrong in your organization and think about them in the context of strategic things that we meant to do, preventable things we should have zero tolerance for, and then external things completely out of our control. Think about your business in that way. And then the last kicker on that is that what if it's me? What if it's my reputation as the leader? If I get caught doing something I shouldn't be doing or someone accuses me of something I shouldn't have done, and then we think about that. Data breach, by the way, I put into the context of a preventable risk because it is preventable. With infinite resources and infinite rules, you can prevent data breach. Most entrepreneurs I know don't have, it, don't have infinite resources. So you got to make sure you're doing as much as you can, as quick as you can. But thinking about risk in those three ways is the way I've found to have success for organizations to think about it. No, I think that's a great way to look at it as a whole. So now if we bring it down a little bit more micro into the data component, right? Because I'm sure that some of your clients in the past have had data breaches, right? So what are some things, particularly in and around that, that they might consider or do or think about to try to be a little bit more prepared? Because again, this whole concept of risk can drive you crazy, right? You can stay up all day and all night thinking about all the risks and and it really comes down to, you know, that's just going to paralyze you. But I do think you need to be thoughtful, particularly around some of these areas where there's preventable risk, right? Like you said, and, and data being one of those. Why don't you help us with a little, little bit of that? Not in, and not in any particular order. So first of all is, do we have insurance or do we have some sort of protection from our credit card, from Stripe or some credit card, credit card processors that we have? Do we have some sort of protection? So I think the first thing you need to do is ask questions about some sort of insurance, uh, whether it be formal insurance, business insurance, continuity insurance, or some sort of uh, some protection from your third-party supplier of that of the service that's there. The second thing, as we mentioned before, thinking about should we apologize? If, if this happens and we lose credit card data and we've got a thousand customers and we lose their data, is apology what we really want to do? And then what does that apology look like? Let's actually write it down. And so the organizations have actually thought about it and prepared for it. You're typically not going to do a press release. So it's a customer, it's a letter to customers. So I really think that organizations should, should sketch out the handful of paragraphs, you know, particularly the first paragraph and the last paragraph, the details are dependent upon the situation. But what does it look like? And for organizations just to take some time to jot down some notes on a context like that. And then the last thing is who's in charge? You know, if and when I were to lose data, 
who is in charge? Who, who is the forensic expert that, we're, that is going to get to the bottom of this? And if we're a small business, it's typically somebody at Stripe or somebody at PayPal or somebody at QuickBooks. You got to make sure that they actually can provide services to you and you're just not a name or a number because you're stuck holding the bag for your customers. So what are you going to apologize for and how are you going to apologize? Do we actually have financial recovery resources? And then finally, who's going to be on my side if this happens to me? And they're simple questions. You don't need to labor over this. I think it's a quick check-in and you're done. And I think those are sort of three critical things that organizations need to do to think, think about this. And it all goes to you know building your team and making sure you got the right people, whether it's marketing, sales, legal, or what have you. You really want to make sure you got the right team. And so focusing on who can help you is, is the single most important thing. Love it. Perfect. And I think that's I think that's a great starting point. And of course, of course, we can't really dive too deep into this because every situation is a little bit different. But mm-hmm. I think that gets people thinking about this whole concept of risk when it comes to a data breach and just risk as a whole for their business. So anything else you want to add in particular, whether it be about the data component or whether it be about just, you know, crisis management, you know, managing your risk, whatever. Well, it's the single greatest problem that I see is that it could never happen to me. People have this belief that I'm, I'm bulletproof, is that your example of grow, 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 there's nothing on the world that can stop us uh, because we're just on fire and we've got product market fit and we're amazing, is that let, your, let that go and recognize that things can happen and recognize that and you need to be prepared for it. This, the single best advice I give to people is, is, you know, read the paper. And if you look at this cover of today's Wall Street Journal or any day's Wall Street Journal, the front page is about some company that did something wrong. That is always. always. Ask yourself, if that happened to me or if that happened to us, what would we do? And that, if that is a simple leadership exercise that I think organizations can do, is that what if? Whether if you're a solopreneur, may or may not be applicable, but if you one day want to be at a larger enterprise and thinking about those things, or you want to start your own and grow, grow to something significant, that's really the critical step is read the paper, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, even USA Today, is that if this had happened to us, what would happen? I think for me, it's, it's a five-minute exercise every morning as I sort of just after I've read the paper, and that's the extension as opposed to who do I need to call? Who do I need to sell to? What do I need to do next? Critical things. If this had happened to me, what would I do? And so I think that to me is the single best bit of advice I can give everybody. Don't get fixated or freaked out about it. Just say, what if? What if this had happened to me? What would happen? Yeah, just jot it down and then be thoughtful about it and think about what those steps would be. I mean, just that is going to put you light years ahead of where probably most smaller enterprises and even some medium-sized businesses are at this stage. So perfect. Awesome. All right, listen, a couple of questions before we close it out. And then I want you to talk a little bit about your book because I'm, I'm excited about that. So first question, what's, you know, and this is something we do, you know, focused in and around growth. What's one tool whether that be a SaaS product or an app or some sort of tool that you use to help grow your business? Yeah, so we've got the big three. So we are all about Basecamp. We think it's awesome. We are love Slack as an organization and, and all of our team members. And then we just love LinkedIn. We just think LinkedIn and with, with Medium kind of floating out there is number four. Mm-hmm. But uh, we think LinkedIn is just an amazing platform for market intelligence, to meet people, learn people, check someone out before we're getting on a call. And you can also learn about culture. There are lots that you can do on those three. So we're, we're big into Basecamp, Slack, and LinkedIn are kind of the three tools that we use. And then all Apple products. We're, we've sold out to Apple a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Perfect. 
And besides your book, right, what's one book that you would recommend to the audience? Oh, that's a fabulous question. I mean, I just, everybody's a fan of Simon Sinek. I just think, you know, why, the, the, the Getting to Why, his book is just a great, terrific book and it's starting place. I'm learning Italian. So the book on my nightstand right now is, is actually something about Italian grammar. So it's not really exciting to business, but it's, uh, it's, I want to use that professionally over the long term. So, Love it. So is, you, is your book already out or is it yeah, just coming out? Yep. Okay, great. All right. About a year and a half now. Yep. So let everybody know how they can find your book, learn a little bit more about it, hopefully buy a copy and check it out. Cause I think that'll give them a little bit closer view to this, a little bit more of a roadmap on how you help clients and help companies manage these crises. And then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah, that sounds great. So thanks for that. So the book's called Critical Moments, The New Mindset of Reputation Management. And the short story is that I was meeting with a leader uh, of a client, uh, the CEO. We had just come through one of these crisis events. And he said, you keep talking about reputation management. What do you mean? And his challenge was me is, is, to me was, you got to explain what you're talking about because I don't get it. I know we just went through a crisis. What do you mean? And so I came up with similar to what most people understand about the four Ps of marketing, which is a 1960s convention. But I created the four A's of reputation management, which begin with this notion of awareness, assessment, authority, and then action. You can find us at kith.co, K-I-T-H dot C-O, very intentional about our name. So it's K-I-T-H dot C-O. And then I'm pretty active on, like I said, on LinkedIn at Bill Coletti and then as well as Twitter, B Coletti. And so two venues that we spend a lot of time in. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. I really appreciate you being here. This is very different type of topic than we've ever talked about before. I hope the audience enjoyed it as much as I did. Have an awesome day and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.